0: Welcome to the Smug Film Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Clark. With me today via Skype is Chloe Peltier. Hey. All right. Chloe's here today because this is a little bit of a a one-man intervention, you know, when everybody gets around a person and tells them what's wrong with them. Instead of a lot of people, we just have me. (laughs) That's the basic premise, right?
1: Yeah, I feel like Chunk right now when they're like, "Tell us everything," and he's like, "Well, this one time I, I spat on the people in the theater, whatever he says like about puking on those people or whatever."
0: Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a great part.
1: Yeah, it's a really but it's good also
0: part. a fucking spoiler. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's that bad of a spoiler, <laughs> but the, the point, the point, the reason why she's here today. Reason why we're here today is to talk about spoilers in general, not just the, uh, you know, the noun meaning a thing, an actual spoiler, but also the noun of a person, a person who just spoils shit. For as long as I've known Chloe, she's been a spoiler. She, uh, if you ask her about a movie, she's going to tell you some like detail about it that you really shouldn't know going into the film. It just comes out of her. There there are people in this world, I believe, that they're just spoilers. And that's nothing against them as people. Chloe's a delightful lady. She's a wonderful person. We love Chloe. But okay. whenever I talk to her about a movie, nine times out of 10, spoilers come out. Spoilers emerge from her, her mouth, and then I'm spoiled. Do you have anything to say for yourself right off the bat?
1: Uh. I feel like you're going to hate me by the end of this episode. Really? Because, well, I I don't know. We're just going to talk about so much about how I've spoiled things and then I'm going to have to tell you the worst spoiler in the world. And I just spoiled that even. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean the worst spoiler in the world? The worst one I've ever done. Uh-oh. Yeah. Was it to me? What was going on?
1: It wasn't to you, but it's related to you. Really? hmm
0: Uh-oh. <laughs> i don't <laughs> yeah. see. I don't know what you're talking about all right so Absolutely. all right we'll we'll save that that'll be a little tease for whatever that is later on but right off the bat let's talk about spoilers as a concept these people because you represent one of them so this is like you know it's like we're talking to an addict like we're talking to a heroin addict or an alcoholic or something we're getting a little insight into the mind of this person with this uh malformed function in their brain or something i don't know what it is but you have an anomaly within you that causes you to spoil things whenever That's, i'm editing your pieces even i'm i am usually cutting out spoilers
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> it's totally true like um and i think there's real reasons for why people do this and i've seen them in other people and i've seen them in myself and as i've gotten slightly better at it like not doing it but i still do it a lot I've started to realize why I've done it in the past. It's just like I think a lot of it comes out of it's almost an insult to the work because you get really excited about whatever it is that you want to tell people about. But you don't trust the people that you're talking to to like it on their own. Uh And it's almost like you're just like too excited to just let them enjoy it. And you want to make sure that they enjoy it. And by making, by trying to make sure that they enjoy it, you create this self fulfilling like prophecy of awful where they can't ever really fully enjoy it because you tried to do it for them.
0: Right. Because they didn't have an organic experience with it.
1: Exactly.
0: It's also, it seems like a thing of wanting to see somebody's reaction to the thing, but you're not watching them do it, but you want to have that feeling. So, you think by telling them like, oh, this so-and-so does this, or this happens or whatever, you get to see their reaction, but it's never going to be the same as watching them actually watch it unfold.
1: Yeah, totally. I think that it's one of those things where in the moment, it's almost like you think that the ends justify the means, but I mean, not just with spoilers, but with so many things, it's like the ends rarely justify the means. Right. And it's like you, you almost for a second... You kind of throw your morals out the window and you do this like Jekyll and Hyde thing where it's like a few minutes ago you were fine and you were totally like, oh no, I'd never do that to someone. And then in that moment you're like, oh, I want that instant gratification of seeing someone's reaction to that. And it's never as satisfying as you think it's going to be for that like five seconds. And it's always disappointing. And right afterwards you realize that you're an asshole. And like, like that's. (laughs) Completely how I feel every time. I'm just like, wow, I just did that. What
0: the fuck's wrong with me? (laughs) How do you feel when you get spoiled on some detail in the film that you wish you hadn't?
1: It depends on what the film is. Because some films, like some films, if I really want to see it, which is rare for me, like, because I'm really, really, you know, the whole working at the theater thing and the whole. Uh, just really liking old movies and all that stuff, I'm kind of jaded and I've I've been kind of cynical before. I've I've become a little bit less cynical as time has gone on, but there's it's rare that a movie will come up in a year where I'm like, oh, I really, really want to see that, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, when it does, I'm like so excited that I don't want anybody to tell anything about it. So if they spoil something about a movie that I'm stoked for, then I'm pissed, you know? But if they spoil something about a movie that like, I can tell I'm not really going to be that into and I might be right or I might be wrong. You know, sometimes you totally like get surprised by a movie, but I usually don't, I don't care as much as I would have with something else. Like, like if there's some movie that I just feel like I have no interest in and they tell me what happens in it, I'm not going to like fucking kill them or something, you know?
0: Yeah. And it's almost like you're just curious. Like, uh, I remember like Gone Girl, like I had no desire to see it whatsoever. So I just, you know, wanted to know what happened and it just exactly like, might as well know kind of thing because, I mean, David Fincher is so hit or miss for me and I haven't liked this stuff for a while. I think Zodiac's like a fucking masterpiece. But as far as, you know, anything since then, it's just been really, really bad. And like Benjamin Button and etc. We don't need to get in that. But um, yeah, it's like you just it's curiosity. It's like you want to know what happened. Just. 'Cause, you know, but if yeah. it's if it's a movie you could see yourself ever watching, more often than not, you just wanna find out everything on your own.
1: Yeah, totally. And I mean like I've even had situations like it's weird. I'll hear people talking about stuff like that, like you just said, where like where you'll be talking about a movie you haven't seen but don't really have any desire to see and then you'd be like, Oh, I don't care, I'm not gonna see it like on the podcast or something and like don't really care that somebody spoils it. But then I'll like say something about a movie that you're never going to see and you'll be like, oh, you're spoiling it. And I'm just like, but wait a minute, I don't understand. Like, it's the same thing with reading reviews. Like I, think, I yeah, did. you have
0: to let the person choose.
1: Yeah. To, it's almost like you have to ask them. First yeah, you something.
0: really do. And also with reviews, I think most reviews are spoilery. Like, yeah, even exactly. like New York Times reviews, you'll be reading one of those and... There's maybe 200 words of actual review in the piece, and the rest is like synopsis. You know, the pieces that Jenna's been doing with the, uh, you know, Jenna Does Elvis, she's been doing a lot of synopses, but what I found out is that a lot of these Elvis movies don't have proper synopses online, and she's actually doing some pretty solid work by doing that because you'll look up the synopsis for some crappy Elvis movie and it'll be so generic and it won't tell you anything or it'll tell you completely inaccurate information where it's like, did this person even watch the movie? So what she's been doing has been, has been really vital actually, you know, and she's adding her own spin too. But you know, the majority of movies that just come out, you know, you check the reviews on Friday in the paper, it's just synopsis. It's barely any actual review and it's, it's really a disservice.
1: Yeah, it's it almost seems like, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to tell where the line is between synopsis and spoiling, And I've found that um, when I read a synopsis, I don't really feel spoiled, per se, because a lot of the time with a movie, it's less what happens and more how it happens that's sure. important. But at the same time, I don't really want to read a synopsis. I don't I don't really want to go into a movie knowing what's going to go on. Not necessarily because it like pisses me off like I feel like it's ruined for me, but just because it's kind of like boring. I, I if I'm going to read a review, I would rather read like a smug film review where it's more somebody's very personal subjective kind of take on how that movie affected them. Right. Because I feel like our reviews on the site are more they're, they're a lot... They seem almost like deeper. They seem almost like stand-up comedy or something. Uh, they they kind of usually say something about life in general and about what the movie says about life in general, whereas other reviews, they seem almost like they give uh, the reader kind of like this very bare-bones kind of... Uh, like, you can't even tell who the writer is. It's right. like that kind of vibe. It's almost like, here's what happens in the movie, and this many stars and go see it or not. And it's just, it's so boring. It's like, I, I, I never go to other review sites and read them because it's just like, why would you want to read that? Yeah, it's not like, gonna enhance the know, experience. I mean, my goal, <laughs> like
0: as a reason, as a recent example, uh, the movie Hercules, which I fucking adored, um, the piece that I wrote for it on smoke film, my goal with that piece is just to get people to watch the movie. That's all I want to happen. I don't need them to know anything other than this one crucial thing, which I do say in the review, which I even like struggled with because I I really want people to see the movie and I wanted them to discover the the amazing thing about it on their own. But I also knew that nobody was going to watch the movie unless I gave them just a little bit of a morsel of why it's so awesome. And the reason why it's so awesome is because it's an agnostic sword and sandal movie. You know, all the other ones in the past, they take the gods as a given. And this one, it's about people that live in that fantasy parameter, but they're not really sure if the gods exist or not. And it it keeps consistent to that for the entire film. And it elevates it so tremendously. It takes this film that would have been like, all right, and fun, maybe like a three and a half out of five. And it becomes like a four and a half out of five for me because it does something so different with it. And maybe that's a spoiler. I guess it's, I wouldn't say it's a spoiler because mostly for people, spoilers are just plot elements, like little twists that get revealed or whatever. But, you know, I struggled with that because i it's that thing of you want people to see it, but you know they're not going to watch it if they don't know what they're getting into a little bit, you know?
1: Yeah, totally. I remember that review. Um, and it made me want to watch the movie. Like, Good. I definitely want to watch it, I'm but glad. I still don't know what happens in the movie. So, and it's funny cause I worked on that movie and everybody I work with was like, this movie looks stupid as fuck. And like, uh, but you talking about it, I'm like, I want to see that fucking movie now. Like, oh, it's yeah,
0: fantastic. It's a, it's a great film.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I think maybe, I mean, I would say that one of the reasons why I feel so like, uh, like it's easy for me to spoil shit. And not feel as affected or realize how it's going to affect people would be like have to do with my working in the theater thing. But the thing is, I did it before that. But like, but I mean, I could see how that would be a thing because it's like, you know, how maybe like a doctor won't be so sensitive about talking about medical shit because they've seen so much of it or something. Right. It's It's almost like like
0: an autistic kind of spectrumy. Like uh, you can just deliver this bad news and seemingly feel nothing kind of thing.
1: Exactly. It's like my job is almost my job is to walk into parts of movies and get them spoiled for myself like constantly. (laughs) Like I mean, I just I walk into a scene and I see it and I know what happens. And like maybe that's kind of a karmic thing. Yeah. That's why your job is what it is is now is because
0: you built up so many years of spoiling others that now you're in this like Sisyphus Sisyphus (laughs) Sisyphusian. See, I could say his name, but I can't say that Ian added part of it. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Guy with a boulder, Sisyphus, yeah. Sisyphusian, or I whatever. I don't know to say it either. I can't yeah, I've, I've seen it in writing. I've I've written it, but you know what I mean. Anyway, so that's your Sisyphus, Sisyphusian And it's uh, the same way struggle. With Like
1: like one time I told you that when I was in middle school, I used to make out in theaters and then like now I catch people making out in theaters. I mean right.
0: like, <laughs> your entire life is one big like uh, karma thingy. Yeah, that's pretty deep.
1: Mm-hmm. So wait, yeah. so what's
0: the origins of your spoiling? Because you say you you've done it forever.
1: Yeah, I've done it forever. I think I might have got it partially from my mom because she was like a huge spoiler. Really? But it's weird because she was like a chain smoker too, and I won't touch cigarettes. It's weird how like you get some things from your parents, but so you, you got
0: the worse uh, habit.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the spoiler, <laughs> not the cigarette. I'm really glad I didn't get the cigarettes, fuck. Yeah, that
0: would have been horrible.
1: (laughs) But uh, no, she like... Okay, she used to... There was a period of my life where she was unemployed and she would do nothing but watch movies on TV. And it was like the only thing she did. She became obsessed with movies and she's actually the person who got me really into movies. Like, she made me love them. Um, But she, she would every time I would call her on the phone or every time I'd see her in person, the first thing she would do is tell me the entire plot of the last film she watched. Right. Like, completely. And it's like, it would start out and you'd be interested in it, but she would literally just tell you start to finish the whole film. And I feel like part of why she would do that was because she knew that nobody really wanted to watch the movies with her because she did it so much. Mm -hmm. So it was almost like this loneliness thing of like, don't... uh, like, I know nobody's going to fucking give a shit, so I'm just going to tell them the whole thing anyway. Oh. Like, and, I mean, maybe it wasn't that, but I always I just remember always dreading it every time I was going to talk to her. I was like, oh, God, she's going to tell me, like, the plot of some movie again,
0: hmm. you know? And I had like, a friend like that when I was a kid, actually, who uh, I remember I saw Enemy of the State with him, that Will Smith movie, and um, we went back to his house, and he was, like, talking to his parents about it, and he ended up, he just told them like the entire movie, like <laughs> from start to finish, like scene by scene, like almost like when the, you know, the, the guy goes up in the helicopter and he looks at the, uh, the skyline and then he goes back down and he can draw the entire skyline that like, uh, the autistic thingy, mm-hmm. you know, he told him like every single thing that happens in the movie straight through. And it, like, I kept like waiting for them to like stop him or like whatever and No, they were just like listening. Like they were really into it. It was a very surreal, like almost like David Lynch or I guess more like an eerie Indiana kind (laughs) of strange (laughs) occurrence. Um, Yeah, that just jogged that memory for me. Sorry to uh, interrupt.
1: No, it's cool. I think we all know someone like that, you know, and uh, my mom kind of like gave me that. And I remember when I was a kid, I used to like kind of reenact movies for my friends and stuff and I think part of it too is like that desire to make movies and you don't understand it yet and like you want to be a writer and you you're constantly daydreaming up movie plots and stuff and when you see one you just feel like you're so good at describing it to people because you feel like that's in you or whatever and it's almost like you get your head gets too big you get too uh You get too egotistical about it because it's like, you didn't create this fucking thing. So what right do you have to act it out to everyone? Right. It's like
0: uh, it's piracy in a certain way.
1: Exactly. And it's like, but it feels like in the moment you feel like awesome because of it. So you do it. But it's like, it's so stupid. Yeah, it's not
0: yours. uh,
1: Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I think there's other reasons too. I don't think that's the only reason, but I think it's one of them. Uh, I think it also just makes people feel connected to other people. Like they can give them something or like, it's almost like you're giving them a gift, but you're actually taking something away from Yeah, them. I don't,
0: I never think it's malicious. Like you've, you've, oh, you've done never. it to me a bunch of times and we don't need to get into like specific instances really, mostly because I, I plum forgot them. You know what I mean? I kind of pushed them away from my mind to try and salvage me not knowing what you just spoiled kind of thing. Yeah, that's probably best. (laughs) Yeah. But I never, I never see it as malicious. It's always like, I wouldn't call it harmless, but I would say that it's, it's fairly innocuous in the scheme of behaviors.
1: If anything, it's like the opposite of malicious. Uh, like it's, it's like You want to give something to the people you're talking to and you also are trying to honor the thing you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But the problem is it ends up doing the opposite of both of those things.
0: Yeah, it's good intentions leading to hell or however the uh, classic phrase goes. Tell me about this one that I'm really going to be bugged by that you've been uh, hyping up. Uh, We might as well get it out there. I don't know what it is.
1: How how badly
0: am I going to hate you over this?
1: I hope you don't hate me. You have to keep in mind I did this like three years ago. Okay. And I've changed a lot and I don't spoil things nearly as bad as this anymore and I would never do this.
0: Let's hear it, girl.
1: Uh, <laughs> um, I spoiled one of your movies once. What? Yeah.
0: One of my movies? One of your movies. Oh my God.
1: I know. But you
0: love my movies
1: i know that's that's why it's so bad it's why it's such a travesty Jesus. is because they're like my favorite movies ever uh oh no i know it's really bad. all right
0: tell me tell me everything
1: <sighs> um well me and my friend from elementary school i told you about her laura shout out to laura what up uh, laura
0: <laughs> i know laura uh,
1: yeah laura's awesome yeah yeah, we watched Shredder together. Like, I'd already watched Shredder like a million times, but like, yeah, I went over to our house, we had a sleepover, and I showed her Shredder, and she loved it. She thought it was great. Yeah, uh, yeah, she adored it. But uh, after Shredder, like, I had rehearsals with me. Rehearsals had just come out. Um, <laughs> like, literally just come out. I don't even think I had, like, an actual DVD with me. I think I had, like, you had, you had just finished it and released it officially, but I had, like, I still had like the bootleg, like that you'd sent me version. Right. Because like you hadn't like Amazoned it or whatever. And I was like, we should watch rehearsals too since you like Shredder. And I don't remember if she like just didn't want to at the time because it was like too much movie in one night or like. If she was gonna watch it later, or like if she wasn't interested, or what—I don't remember the situation because it was like three years ago—and also I was kind of like an idiot stoner back then, which is why I did stupid things like this. Um, but
0: stupid things like spoiling, not stupid things yes. like watching my movies and enjoying them. No,
1: of course, yeah, I love your movies. I still. All right,
0: watch I'm just them. clarifying.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like some of the best movies ever, and um, but no, like we were talking about. Uh, like she was asking me questions about you and I was like telling you uh, or yeah, I was telling her about you and like about um, things you do in your movies and stuff. And I was like, there's this one thing that he, I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that would be
0: double trouble.
1: Yeah, exactly. Even though you have posted statuses about it to everyone, but I'm not going to spoil it anyway. Cause it's been so long. Um, there's this one thing that you do in every single one of your movies. And uh it's like something that you like keep doing and you will probably continue doing for every movie you have. But like I was telling her about that because you just actually been publicly posting about it anyway. So I was just like, whatever, I can tell her this. So and I was like, I can show you an example of that. And I fucking, God, that's so stupid. Wait a I second.
0: Fucking, you showed her the end of rehearsals?
1: Yes. Oh that's my God. I know.
0: That's, that's, oh, that's bad. You showed her the end of a movie she hadn't watched?
1: Yes. <laughs> dude, like... That's,
0: I, that's next level, dude.
1: It's next level horrible. Like, I... Because I didn't even tell her what happens in rehearsals. I didn't tell her anything about rehearsals. I just was like... I was like, okay, so he does this in every movie. Here, I'll show you how he does it in this one. And, like, just showed her, like, that few seconds. And...
0: Yeah, but that's like... Dude, no, that's like part. showing like, somebody the end of Sixth Sense only.
1: It's fucking stupid because it ruins the whole fucking movie for her. Because even if she doesn't know what happens in the movie, she's like the whole time she's watching the movie, she knows that happens. I put and it she, at
0: the end for a reason. No,
1: <laughs> I know now. I know how stupid it's it is. It's supposed to be
0: what you see at the end.
1: I know. <laughs> God damn it! It's like, not in it's, the trailer. I know. <laughs> like yeah, I wow. It's like, you
0: it's must stupid. have been really high.
1: I I wasn't high at the time, but I'd probably been high, like, a few hours before. I mean, like, I was just such a fucking stupid person. Like, (laughs) honestly, like, me from, like, 18 to 22, I hate so much. It's funny how just, like, seeing yourself, like, a year before or a couple years before, like, three years before, you'll relate to that person less than yourself when you're, like, 10 years old. Yeah. Like, that's how I feel. I relate to me more than I was, like, 10 years old than when I was, like, 22, You know what I mean?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, fucking I just I remember as soon as I did that, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? (laughs) Yeah, dude. Because it was just like the worst instance of spoiling anything I've ever done. And I was like, what am I doing? This is like my one of my top two movies that I've ever seen. Why would I do this to someone? And like, because I remember when I watched the movie for the first time and didn't know what was going to happen or anything and like i remember just because you know i said i always watch your movies in bed alone and all this uh i i remember it being dark and i watched the movie and as soon as the movie ended and it went to credits and the screen went dark i just remember just like sitting there in the dark just like taking in what i had just seen and being like oh my god this movie is important this is a big deal you know and really feeling it feeling impacted by it
0: and then you robbed that for another person
1: her and i think one of the reasons why i took it from her is because i didn't it was so it's so insulting i didn't trust her to do it herself and it's fucking stupid because it uh it just it makes me so angry (laughs) it makes me so mad it's like something if i saw someone do that now i'd like punch them in the face right and like it's almost like being like a if a past heroin addict sees another heroin addict, they want to just like fucking beat the shit out of them mm. and like yell at them. That's kind of how.
0: Well, it's important to hit rock bottom. <laughs> and yeah. That's probably you hitting rock bottom, which means that there's only up from here. And I think you coming on this show and talking about it so candidly, I think that's a positive thing. Yeah. So I think you've made progress. And, you know, every, every day is another step. Every day that you don't spoil, that's another day that, you know, you're on the upside.
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) You just got to count
0: (laughs) your days like a person in AA. It has to be like, you know, 60 (laughs) days, 90 days, whatever, since you spoiled a movie, you know?
1: Yeah, I did that with caffeine recently, and it worked.
0: Yeah, you kicked caffeine. You were, you were like, fucked from caffeine.
1: Dude, it was so bad. It was, like, if I didn't have three shots of espresso, I felt like I couldn't work. It mm. was, like, because, I mean, my job, again, is just to talk to people, and I have to be happy, and I have to be excited, and, like, if I'm a bitch, they're going to fucking go to Sistina, uh, which is, like, this, uh, it's, like, this survey that they take, and they're gonna like say, "This lady was a bitch. Everybody here sucks. Like I'm never coming back again, right. You and need
0: your mental just, faculties,
1: yeah. So it's like, I have to like watch how I talk to people and everything. But at the same time, I have to be candid with them, like like so that they think I'm a real person, you know,
0: yeah, so you <laughs> so kicked it. Like, you did twenty one days or something.
1: yeah, it's twenty one days with no tea, no coffee, no soda, no anything. Because, like, that's what you have to do. You can't have any light caffeine either. You have to have nothing in order to go through all the withdrawals and then feel better. And it's funny how, like, something as small as caffeine that's considered so normal can fuck you up so bad. Like
0: Yeah, it's all about how much you're having on such a regular basis.
1: Yeah, anything is like that. And it's like that with habits, too, you know. It's not just, like, drugs. I mean, it's just fucking brain patterns and shit. So, like... Habits are habits. It doesn't matter whether it's a substance or not. Like your brain's doing the same shit. So,
0: right. Do you feel more alert now?
1: Yeah. I feel like I can get up and not need to take a bunch of like caffeine to make myself function, you know, because I was like zombie mode until I would take like uh, shots of espresso. And that's fucking sad. Like there are times where I'd be almost late to work because I was. Because I'd need to go to the store and get, like, a coffee or something, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's how a lot of people get through their day. And, you yeah, know, they, they look at coffee as, like, this thing that's helping them. But it might be hindering them in that it, you know, it turns off their, their brain. Like you said, it makes them into a zombie where it gets them through the day, you know?
1: Well, and it's like, it doesn't even make you... It's like... I think part of it is, well, it's it's like my dad has this, he always says the drip is seldom where the leak is. And that means, you know, just usually when you have some kind of habit or problem, it's not really because of the habit or problem that you're doing it. It's because you have something else that's bothering you. Right. And um, for me, I think it was like, like, I felt like I couldn't. I didn't have enough confidence in myself to be like, I can be charismatic and energetic without something. And I noticed that whenever I drank a lot of coffee, I was like so on point. I was running around. I was doing everything really fast. I was like in charge and shit. And uh, I could make jokes really quickly and everything. But that's all stuff I could do before I drank a lot of caffeine. And really the thing is, once I started to, I thought that was the only place where I was getting it from. Right. And You forgot. Yeah. And it's just really that's just awful because it's like you have something that's so legitimately you and then you think that it's not legitimately you anymore. Yeah, it's man. Just, it's like, a, <laughs> you know. All right.
0: So hopefully one day you'll get to that place with spoilers.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe
0: one day you'll have 21 days under your belt with that. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a uh, quick break here and we'll be back and we're going to answer a voicemail, actually. So stick around.
1: Hello, Smug Film fans. Did you know that Smug Film now has a voicemail box? Just call the following phone number: seven one eight three nine five nine seven one one and leave a question for the mailbag or a comment about the show, along with your name, and we may play it on a future episode. Thank you for listening, and now back to the show.
0: And we're back. We got a uh, voicemail little question from one of our fans all right let's play this voicemail hi Cody and friends this is Lewis, and I've been wondering what is the proper etiquette for when you show somebody or recommend somebody the movie that you absolutely love and they absolutely hate it what do you do thanks so much for doing the show I've been loving it see you all later that's an interesting question that kind of goes along with our theme today right yeah What do you do when you you think somebody's gonna love a movie and they just don't like it whatsoever?
1: Oh gosh. Well, that's a bummer when that happens. But you know It's hard not to
0: take it as like a like new evidence that they're like a bad person or whatever, you know? Like when you you gotta not I know, but like that's like the initial reaction. Like if somebody doesn't like Buffalo sixty six or if somebody's like ambivalent about it and just is like, ah, it was okay. It's like what do you mean it was okay? Like, I would take somebody <laughs> hating it, like, viciously over somebody just thinking it was like, yeah, it was all right. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I want people to love the movie that I love or absolutely hate it. I don't want them to feel, like, lukewarm about it, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah I would rather they hate it so I can argue with them about it than, or even so I can just be like, oh, okay, at least they have, like, good points about why they hate it. I think it's almost like managing yourself more than like your etiquette with them. <laughs> like is you almost have to know what to tell yourself in that situation. which Yeah. Is more like, okay, they're not a bad person. They're just different from me. Yeah. It and, feels, it feels weird to get
0: somebody <laughs> wrong like that too, you know?
1: Yeah. It's like, do you really know them at that point or?
0: Yeah. It was like a, a friend of mine, I I told to see Chappie and on like paper, Chappie would be her favorite movie ever, and I was like, I I knew she was gonna love it. I was like, all right, this is a done deal. This is gonna be her favorite movie, and she saw it and she was like, yeah, it was okay. It had parts, and it was like every single thing about that movie was so her for me. You know, luckily I've known her like over ten years, so it's not like it's gonna put our friendship in jeopardy. It's not gonna cause me to reevaluate. You know, whether this is a person I want in my life, but. It's it's so strange to get somebody so incorrectly as far as a movie they're gonna like. I've had that with like movies that people think that I'm gonna like and then I just really didn't care for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 rough. It's good that you knew her so long because you got so much to go on now, like that it doesn't matter. But it's I think it's just being able to tell yourself though that um I, I guess just turn it into a positive thing. You can learn something new about them, like yeah, like that they're pieces of shit. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's good to know that somebody is at least partly a piece of shit, or other or otherwise you think you know they're great, like all throughout.
1: Yeah. Well, you don't want everybody to be just like you, you know. Like that would be so boring if everybody was exactly the same, you know. So.
0: Well, it's it's less about that. It's more about thinking you have somebody pegged as far as what they're going to enjoy yeah. entertainment-wise, and then they just don't.
1: Yeah, I keep I have a couple of movies that I've that I've told you to see a couple of times where I'm like, oh, what if he doesn't like them though? Well, I you just the watched worst. The
0: Burbs yesterday, which is yeah, a movie the Burbs that was good. I, I find it so grating. I can barely get through the first ten minutes, just the music cues and like like it's playing the score. And then when the dog walks by, it starts playing like the score and like, arf 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 arf, arf, arf or whatever <laughs> it's, oh, it's so bad. And like the, what, like every time I'm trying to watch the burbs because look, Greg adores the burbs more than <laughs> most people will enjoy anything in their entire lifetime. Say what you want about Greg, like as far as his taste or what he says is a movie and not a movie. You know, he enrages a lot of people. But the movies that he loves, he adores them. And the burbs is right up there for him. And I cannot watch that fucking movie. Every time I try, and I've tried on separate occasions, I've sat down, I've given it my all. Once it gets to the part where it shows like some neighbor with like his dog and he's got like a weird hairpiece and like a yellow shirt (laughs) and whatever. And then like the dog runs and then the score cuts to like a dog version of the score. I can't do it. I turn off the movie. I can't take that tone. It's, it's so funny. grating for me.
1: It's funny because as you describe it, I'm laughing at the description of it because I think it's so funny. Like, oh, man. It's, it's so funny in just like the stupidest fucking way. And Cody, I think you just have to realize that it's going to be like that just to accept it.
0: <laughs> no, if it's going to be like that, I don't want to watch it.
1: Uh, to bring it back to the spoiler thing, though, like, I, I really think that uh, trailers are some of the worst spoilers. I mean, people have said this before, probably me, but it, it's just, like, if somebody telling you something about a movie is bad or reading it in a review is bad, I hate when I... Not only am I sitting in a theater and, like, I can't get away, like, so it's like I'm strapped to the chair, the, the, it's in my eyeballs, these freaking trailers, but, like... Like, so you have no choice but to see a bunch of key parts of a movie now. And, like,
0: yeah, I mean, it and I feel like it became a cliche at a certain point that was like almost parodied. Where, like, in the 90s, I feel like there were these very long trailers that would almost tell you like every arc of the film, and you still see that to this day. But it was like the uh, the kind of like Don Lafontaine, you know, in a world, you know, etc. Yeah. Where like he would detail like every fucking thing. It was usually on like uh like the trailers on VHS tapes, it would be really yeah. long because they would and there was- know, they could fill up the tape, so they could just go on forever. And there would be these really long trailers where they're like three minute, four minute, five minute trailers for a film. And you feel like you saw the entire film and there's no reason to even watch the film at that point.
1: Exactly. And there's even like, it got to the point where there was, um, because there's the announcer that's like the inner world announcer, like you said, but then there's also that guy who was like the family announcer, you know, he's like really happy. Right, yeah. Remember him in the 90s? He (laughs) went away. It's like, there's like...
0: Yeah, people don't remember his name. People always go on about Don LaFontaine, but the family guy, we got a, well, not family guy, not Peter Griffin. But um, we gotta we gotta find that guy. We should yeah, look that up. See if we can talk about that next time.
1: I feel like if you put him on a trailer now, people would just because you know kids are so cynical these days. All the all the kids these days, I feel like they would not like him the way that they did unless it was ironically.
0: No, it was uh, definitely like a '90s thing. You couldn't yeah. you couldn't do it now.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it's like he would tell you the whole fucking plot, though. Yep. He would just tell you. He was the biggest spoiler. Fuck, we got to find existence. that
0: guy. You're right. Yeah. I forgot about that guy.
1: <laughs> He'd always like, he, he wouldn't only tell you the plot. He would like tell you how to feel. You remember that <laughs> shit? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> he would be like. He would,
0: he would be like, talking about like, it's like. Warm heart. Yeah. Warm. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of use of the word warm and feel yeah. good. And it's like, oh man, we got to find that. All right. That's my challenge. I'm going to find who the fuck that is.
1: I'm trying to think of what movies specifically he talked about. I feel um, like
0: movies with dogs. I'm gonna start with movies yeah, with dogs. Yeah,
1: more maybe. Yeah,
0: families and dogs. That's where I'm starting mm-hmm. with. Hopefully, I I this isn't like this endless search. Hopefully, it would be like I can find
1: movies, a... but like live action ones.
0: I want to say like Beethoven or like <laughs> yeah, Beethoven's Beethoven. Second or whatever. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Oh my god. Dude, he was on like every fucking VHS tape. Oh yeah. Like... Yeah,
0: I gotta actually specifically look for the VHS spots rather than another... the, the theatrical ones.
1: That's the thing. I've I've two things I thought of is like um like one to wrap up that trailer thing is uh like there there are good trailers that exist that that make you hype for a movie but don't tell you anything about it and you're just wondering like actually your trailers are really good. Um, I think then,
0: director uh, picked trailers are usually better. Yeah. You
1: know? Like Kubrick's trailers and Hitchcock's trailers are mm-hmm. classic examples. Vincent
0: Gallo actually, Brown Bunny's a fantastic trailer. Buffalo oh, 66 man. is Buffalo 66 is a classic trailer that people do not really acknowledge. That was on a lot of VHS tapes and that was people's exposure to that film. A lot of people like haven't seen Buffalo 66 or think they saw it or didn't just because they saw that, that VHS trailer so much. And that made like a really big impression on me when I was young, way before I even actually ended up seeing the movie, which now, you know, it's one of my favorite films. But that was like a big thing, man.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if I've seen the Buffalo 66 trailer, but I fucking If love you
0: pull it up, 66. you'll probably Say. recognize it a little bit. Where It was on, like, every, I, I guess, Miramax or New Line. I forget who put it out, but it was on, like, every single one of those because it was a very, like, mysterious kind of trailer.
1: Yeah, yeah. It sounds like Vincent Gallo, too, do a mysterious trailer. Like, I can't imagine him doing a spoiler trailer. It just doesn't seem right.
0: No, he did yeah. a, uh, you know, he does his own trailers, which... You know, people don't realize a lot of the times directors don't do their own trailers. Yeah. A great example of a trailer that I actually love way more than the film. The film I don't really like at all is the movie uh, Gummo, the uh, Harmony Korean film. The mm-hmm. trailer for Gummo is fantastic. And it, it makes you think that the movie's going to be a certain way. And then you watch the movie and it's like, nah. And the reason why I think it's so good is because the guy who edited the trailer was Mark Romanek. It wasn't uh, Harmony Korine who edited the trailer for Gummo. And I really, really wish Romanek had edited Gummo because it would have been wow. probably a film that I really dug. I mean, you pull up that trailer and you watch it and he gets the vibe of the whole film. He makes it feel like there's more of a flow to it, which is, a, is something that Kareen really lacked until Spring Breakers. Spring Breakers is the only one of his films that really fucking flows. And it's just a right. it, man. It's like one of those things where like if only if only Romanek had edited the whole film, we would have had something there. But, you know, a lot of people do like Gummo. It, it's just not for me. You know, for somebody, it's their favorite movie for me. I don't like it. But that Romanek version, mm, that would have been good. All right. We're going to wrap it up here. Chloe, thank you for being so honest and, and showing your faults to the uh, the millions and millions of, of listeners to the Smug Film Podcast.
1: You're welcome. I mean, it helps me too. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you mean, had like...
0: to get it off your chest. You had to, you know, that's the first step of recovery, I guess.
1: Yeah, you have to realize you have a problem in order to recover from the problem.
0: <laughs> um, so any final words for the audience before we ski-daddle?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I saw the burbs, and I saw Zathura, and I adored that. Zathura
0: is fucking great.
1: It was so amazing.
0: I'm glad you finally oh. watched it. I've been trying to get you to watch that for a while, and I'm I'm glad, A, that you finally watched it, and B, that you really got it and loved it.
1: Yeah, it, it. I really enjoyed it. Like, I love the style of it. I love the characters. They're so real. Like, it, it's the themes of it are great. And um, like, there were a lot of actors in there that I'd seen in other stuff and not really liked, but then liked them in this.
0: Yeah, fucking and Dax Shepard's in it. And he's brilliant.
1: He's excellent. <laughs> who, I mean, I liked this.
0: Who would have ever thought I would say Dax Shepard and brilliant in the same sentence and not yeah. put the word not in front of brilliant?
1: Is he is he the same guy who was the astronaut or no?
0: No, that's or the astronaut.
1: Is, yeah, that's that's what I thought. He is the astronaut, right? Yeah. Okay, so like, yeah, he was great, and it's funny because I wa- I liked this so much that I watched the special features afterwards, and he is talking about how like he was a little inconfident in the role at first because he he felt like that was a role for like a badass guy, and he didn't really feel like one. And I was like, dude, I've seen you in other shit, and this is like the best role I've ever seen you. <laughs> like, yeah, by like, far. It was almost like he was, he was just perfect for it. You know, great Um.
0: cast, great vibe. One of those movies that kind of people didn't really check out because they thought, oh, it's just Jumanji 2. It's Jumanji in space. That sounds so lame because I mean, in space movies have always been kind of dismissed because of Leprechaun in space and Jason X, which is just Jason in space. And people think in space, it's just going to be shit nah, this is way better than fucking Jumanji, dude. This is a great yeah. film.
1: And I mean, I really like Jumanji, so that's saying a lot, like, that this is better than Jumanji. Yeah, this it's just, is like it's solid.
0: Look. It's so much better.
1: Yeah, it's, I think one of the reasons why we dismiss it, like, why people have dismissed Zathura might be that we tend to see, like, a trailer for a kids movie and just not really think it's gonna be anything. Like, it was just kind of pumped out, like, like without a lot of thought or something.
0: Yeah, people but always assume kids' movies are going to be bad unless they're Pixar or whatever and they have a track record.
1: It's really got a lot of little details in it. That's one of the things I loved about it the most is like they put so much effort into the details of how it looks and like what every little
0: thing means. Yeah, there's fucking I, practical effects in it.
1: Yeah, but it's not just like the practical practical effects, uh, effects. Sorry. It's like the stuff people are like holding when they walk into a frame and like what they're wearing like all these little things like... It just kind of like uh, I think when I was uh, studying game environments, it was something called implied. They said it was called implied narrative. Uh, it's where like you just see a bunch of stuff in like the environment and like on the characters and stuff that just implies so much more than what's said. Like mm. just about their whole lives, like just like objects they have and like where dirt's placed and like all these things. It just that's makes a great you, point. Yeah, it makes it feel real, you know, and. Just the way that they interact and everything. And I've noticed uh, like movies with um, like uh, two siblings are like, tend to be pretty good. Like, uh, there's uh, that one. And then there's, um, of course, The Squid and the Whale has like all these really good moments. And then there's um, freaking um, My Neighbor Totoro has like those two little kids. And I've just been thinking about that a lot lately. It's You're like, right.
0: There is like a weirdly like high amount of movies like that, that really do work.
1: Yeah. I think part of it is just like, there's like an awkward uncomfortableness about the sibling thing, because like there's that whole jealousy of like, which one is better and they're always competing, but it keeps everything moving forward because they're always competing against each other. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then there's always that bond of course, between them and everything. It it just brings out so much character dynamic. And I've always
0: really liked dramas about kids. Yeah. And this is this isn't like a family film. This isn't like a madcap adventure. This is this is a drama. This is a brutal. (laughs) Yeah. This is a yeah, you can take your kid to it, but you're taking them to a drama.
1: Uh, Yeah, definitely. And I feel I think it's funny how like the sister is the comic relief. I'm not gonna spoil anything about her, but the way that they do her so simply like, just what her role is.
0: Oh, she's but fantastic.
1: She's perfect. Like, she's hilarious.
0: Yeah, I really want to watch that again now.
1: Yeah, it's great, man. Love that movie.
0: All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Lewis for leaving us a voicemail.
1: Yeah, thanks, Lewis.
0: Let's get some more voicemails, people. That was fun. And yeah. uh, we'll see you soon. Bye bye. Bye bye.